Sports Comic News, episode 117. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside He Survived the Snap, Mike. <laughs> I actually did survive the snap. If anybody is uh, not just a lurker on Reddit, um, when they did the whole uh, Thanos did nothing wrong, if you subscribed to that subreddit, they actually did a snap after the Infinity War, Infinity War movie. And... Uh, if you survived, you got a badge. Like fifty percent of the people got banned, and fifty percent of the people got to stay subscribed to the uh, subreddit. And That's you got a tro- you got a trophy for your- for either or. So I got a trophy that says I-, I survived. So you're not wrong. Did you this week Google Thanos? Uh yeah yeah they had that little like uh, that Easter egg going on where you could you could like delete spoilers or something like that. Yeah, it was a cool little. Uh... Little Easter egg they did there, yeah, yeah. There's stuff everywhere, um, but yeah. So, Avengers Endgame did come out. We're gonna, we're not gonna spoil it here. We're gonna talk about it in another episode. Yeah, because we have so a, much to talk about. We're gonna do an independent episode called Ender or Endgame Spoiler Cast. Yeah. So we gave you. I don't know how much more warning we could give you besides that. I mean. I heard the movie already made over a billion dollars just from this weekend. <laughs> so it sounds like pretty much most of the world has seen it already. Yeah. I would hope so. Um, yeah, so I mean, we don't have a guest today. We're just going to get through the news, talk about some stuff. we got Heroes in Crisis number eight to talk about at the end of the episode. So we'll do that like our normal stuff. And uh, yeah, what's going on with you? Do you watch anything interesting? Well, besides Endgame? Endgame. <laughs> I watched um, a whole season of the the Trailer Park Boys animated series. That's right. I when, did watch that too. <laughs> went out of my way to watch. I was like, man, whatever shows I had to watch this week, I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this animated series for uh, Trailer Park Boys for no reason at all. Nope, didn't have a reason. I don't know about you, but. It's good. I thought it was good. I thought it was um I thought it was pretty comparable to well, if anybody watched is caught up with Trail Park Boys, like the thirteenth season, the last episode or his twelfth season, the last episode, they take so many shrooms they turn into a cartoon. Yeah. So yeah, the whole yeah. the whole them turning into cartoons, it was a great explanation for it. And yeah, it really fit in with uh the series. So if you like the series, you're gonna like this because it's like it's basically that show, but with some animated tropes added into it, as the title might tell you. But I really enjoyed it, too. I thought they did a fantastic job. And I like how they addressed uh, uh, Jim Leahy dying in the offseason, too. Yeah, he gets taken away by a, a hawk, a shit falcon. A shit hawk. A shit hawk. Yeah, if anybody knows the character, he just he relays everything to some type of like shit analogy. So he gets swooped up and taken away by a shit hawk, which is, there isn't anything more fitting than that. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read it quite a bit, caught up in some comics. Um, still reading through Killer Be Killed. That's a pretty cool series. Ed Brubaker, anybody hasn't checked that out yet. Um, uh, free comic book day is upon us. Oh, yeah, we got something going on. You want to talk about it now? What do you want to do? All right. So if anybody is in the, what what would you call Western New York area? 
Yeah, basically the Rochester, New York area, specifically Victor, New York. Two Kings Comics, Chris and I will have a table. We're, we're going outside. Um, kind of scared about that, the whole vitamin D thing, but we're going to be sitting at a table. Uh, we'll have posters again like last year. We're going to have... We're gonna have stickers. So if you have anybody has seen our social medias, we got stickers, folks, and we want to give them to you, so you can give them to your friends because we don't have any friends. So if you come to us and and you want a sticker, then you immediately become a friend, and we'll give you a sticker, and then and then you go get your free comics. Well, I can officially talk about it now. Uh, we, oh. do, we do have one friend, and oh. he's gonna be there with us. Really. Mr. Travis Holyfield is going to be there. Travis M. Holyfield? Wow. Now we can talk about it. If anybody has seen or heard his lovely voice, he has accompanied us on several podcasts. Uh, He's been guest host, but I can't be here. The amazing writer um, of Street Clothes, Doberman. We can't say enough good things about this awesome dude. We get to sit next to him at Free Comic Book Day. So... um, if we weren't your reason to stop by and say hi, then the free comics weren't your reason to stop in and say hi. Come talk to Travis because he's just an awesome dude. So, yeah, it's going to be a Fortress Comic News takeover because not only are we going to be there, not only is Travis going to be there, but my other co-host for the Bat Friends podcast, the world champion Joe Pengrazio, is going to be there as well. And he's a world champion. I mean, it's like we're bringing out the all-stars. This is like the... This is like the Justice League. This is the Fortress Comic News annual issue. <laughs> the annual team-up. Everybody in one spot. Uh, a giant-sized comic news, if you will. Yeah, giant-sized comic news. A whole 88 pages for free. Yeah, so stop yeah. by, say hi, we'll talk comics. Um, and then any other things you want to talk about. If you need some advice on life, don't get it from me. Probably talk to Chris about that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it ain't about money <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time alright so we're going to jump into the news not a whole lot um, we did get a Swamp Thing extended trailer uh, in the midst of that whole shit storm of, uh, of media that was dropping we talked about it last week but they, they actually gave us a trailer it doesn't look bad it looks really creepy um, I remember we, we talked about this like it had to be like six months ago where we talked about they're using Foronic Man as the, the season one villain Mm-hmm. which um, I see where that plays out now. It's it. First off, the tone I got from the trailer is like a horror movie, right? Yeah, which is what they're going for. Yeah, and Floronic Man is creepy as hell. I mean, you see him like being brought into a morgue, and then he kind of like reanimates, and then he kills everyone, and they're like, oh, no, someone save us, and then Swamp Thing's like, it's a Swamp Thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But not really. We, we get a glimpse of Swamp Thing at the end. Don't even watch uh, the trailer, anybody. That was the perfect rendition of the trailer. <laughs> that was the, I recapped it. <laughs> I just do a voiceover. <laughs> um, you don't see Swamp Thing until like the last five seconds, but he's like crawling out of the swamp. Um, so he's true to his name. And uh, like we said, it's a rubber suit. It doesn't look bad. It looks good in motion. Well, the somewhat little motion that we get out of the trailer uh, we get. I think we get a glimpse of Abby Arcane. Uh, I, I could. So. No white hair, though, which is a little upsetting. I mean, they gave her the black hair, which is, if anybody has read the comics, Abby Arcane is white hair. Maybe they're going to do something where she, like, I don't know, when she falls in love with Swamp Thing, she gets white hair. I don't know if they're going to do the whole fall in love with Swamp Thing. That's, 
It's a little concerning falling in love. love fall, like, do you remember that the Guillermo del Toro movie, A Shape of Water, which was like, it was a great movie, but some people had a little concerns about like, you know, she's like hooking up with a, a fish man. I don't, I don't know about this. I don't know about I, this one, hooking up with a tree man. So everybody, everybody wants to bring up the Alan Moore swamp thing and mm-hmm. for good reason. And I get it. I don't think we're going to go down that route outside of probably the origin. <laughs> outside yeah. of that, I think we're going to go a completely different route with it. As much as I would love to see Alan Moore's Swamp Thing realized in live action, I don't see them doing it. So, yeah. I, I I mean, and the villain alone says that we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I doubt we're going to go that path. Maybe she was... I, I bet you they bring her in as like a girlfriend of Alan. And yep. then when he turns the swamp thing, she's kind of there, but they're not going to do the whole fall in love with a swamp monster thing. <laughs> I can see it that way. You're right. Like a whole um, through through thick and thin, like, you know, till death do you part type of love rather than a, I'm just going to fall in love with this tree man. <laughs> yeah. And I don't see them doing the whole like, here, eat this mushroom off my back and that'll be our version of intimacy thing. Like, yeah, that's too... like tri- tripping balls off a off a, a back knee mushroom. Yeah, it's, it's too Alan Moore, Grant Morrison for the public. Like, right. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I'm excited. I really liked uh, what we saw. Like you said, the motion of the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we had talked about last week how we felt the suit looked good, but it still had that rubber suit look, but it was also kind of a still image. Seeing yep. it in motion really made me feel better about it. I was really happy with it. So I'm excited for this. I'm definitely going to check it out when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in for the for the season. Um, the tone of the trailer, like I said, like a horror movie almost, which is what we wanted out of it. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but... I mean, I the only thing I have a Swamp Thing to compare to is that god awful movie that came out way back when. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, so we got a, a little bit of a little bit of movie news. Uh, Marvel Animation is uh, they're they're attempting to make some animated adaptations of some some famous comic book stories, or at least popular comic book runs, which is kind of like what DC's gotten in the niche of doing right now. Yeah, and they right. used to do that years back. Because mm-hmm. I have, like, Planet Hulk and a few other ones that they did, like, way... We're talking before Blu-ray a while back. Um, if you're old. Quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's something before a Blu-ray? What are you talking about? Wait, what's a Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, something I can stream? I don't know. Yeah, th- I, I'm excited for this because when that happened, they were talking about doing Marvel Zombies because this is also mm-hmm. like right in the beginning of Walking Dead. And Marvel's like, wait, we have a zombie book written by Kirkman. Right. So uh, I hope they uh, they do do this and uh, follow in the suit of DC because it's the one thing DC's done really well um, more often than not recently. And mm-hmm. the VP said that he has his eye on War of the Realms. So... It's an interesting place to start if that's where they plan on starting. Uh, I would hope that they would do something like what DC's doing and kind of create almost its own little mini universe. Maybe yeah. not have to fall continuity all that much, but still, like, you know, DC did Flashpoint and then they went into Justice League and did a few other things. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm excited. I live. I love uh, cartoon adaptations from DC. So I hope Marvel can give me some good ones too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's all good news. Uh, like I said, Endgame crossed over a billion dollars in its first weekend. People are thinking it's going to hit two billion. I think it's going to over two billion easily. So this is this is what I've talked about. I think since we started this podcast, it, this right. is them earning it. Yeah, and uh, we could jump into a spoiler-free review here, but it's just they. This is twelve years of movies culminating right here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's well deserved. So hat, hats off to them for crossing that mark. Um, and what a movie! Yeah. So spoiler-free. I do. I always talk about how I never give movies ten out of ten. I give this movie a ten out of ten. Only if you've seen all the previous movies. <laughs> That's not to say that. Oh, I don't like Marvel movies. I'm gonna jump in. Nope. <laughs> you gotta watch. I mean, you need that history there. This yeah, movie would be if you're. I I don't like to say that we uh, take movies like in a bubble because everyone right. says that about. Uh, this is why a new hopes better than empire because new hopes a movie on its own empire is not mm-hmm. fuck you empire is the better movie but that aside <laughs> i think i brought up that argument so, yeah. wow <laughs> thanks all right thank you for that <laughs> yeah fuck you mike um, <laughs> i'll see you guys next week but uh endgame as its own movie is a jumbled mess you wouldn't know what the fuck is going on but as a end cap to 12 years of movies it was phenomenal Mm-hmm. And I don't believe this is a spoiler, but it also sets up what's next for Marvel at the same time. I had had a conversation with somebody that I was wondering if they were going to be able to pull off ending all these storylines, starting new storylines, meeting up with my expectations, and all these things at once. I didn't think I was going to do it, and it did. So, yeah, I agree with you. 10 out of 10. This is the, my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Um, easily. Okay, but we won't talk too much about that. Uh, and then we have we have some comic news. Um, <laughs> I don't know if no, it's news. It's just what's been happening on. I've seen it on Twitter. Uh, Tom King is receiving death threats. Uh, and this is over uh, Heroes in Crisis. Yes. Um, which I've been complaining about Batman under no circumstances would I send Tom King a death threat over any book. Um. It's not cool, especially when Tom King is like a former CIA employee. Like, you might want to rethink who you're sending death threats to. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Tom King wasn't always a comic book writer. He was part of the CIA. And I don't know if you know much about the CIA. You're probably not very smart if you're sending him death threats to begin with. Um, they have a lot of your info, and they probably have friends in very high places. So... <laughs> I love his response on Twitter, though, where he literally took a screenshot of him reporting people. Yeah. And his response to Twitter is, this person threatened to kill me because I didn't like a comic book I wrote. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it, everybody. Right. Don't be a dick. Be nicer to each other. You didn't like what happened in Heroes in Crisis? Okay. (laughs) It's not a big deal. The thing that happens in Heroes in Crisis, which we'll spoil later in the show, it will probably be retconned out or in five years that, or they're just going to be like, you're forgiven in five years. It, this goes back to 
Captain America being a Nazi for me. And I, I come back to that because it's so relevant in my world. Right. Everyone freaked out about it. And it's just like, people, you know that this is, this is the storyline of today. And when we do the phase shift in five years, it's either going to be a thing of the past or they're going to find a way to separate Cap from it. And he'll go back to the character you know and love. And that's just what I tell people here. Like, don't take comics seriously. They're fucking comic books. They're a bunch of pictures and words. It's, I don't understand. Just don't be a dick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people feel passionate about a lot of their hobbies, but this is like, I mean, you're not going to like, I don't like every Marvel movie. I didn't like every DC movie. Um, But that's, I don't know, it's a creative outlet and you can't please everybody all the time. So that's like, there's certain Superman runs I read. When Jai Lee is drawing Superman, I think Jai Lee is the worst artist in, to ever touch the pages of Superman, but he's an employed artist by DC Comics, so he's obviously doing something right. And I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, but my personal preference is I don't like Jai Lee drawing elbows at a 35-degree angle because elbows don't bend that way. But should I be sending him death threats because he, he's trying to attack me personally because he doesn't draw, like, you know, 90-degree elbow bends? No. Should I send him death threats? No. It's just, it's like, it's almost like we have our own personal preferences for certain writers and artists. And we should just be very, very lucky and fortunate that we have all these different uh, uh, team ups happening on these books. I mean, a great, I mean, just look at Green Lantern over the last few years. We had Jeff Johns, we have uh, Venditti did a run on it. And we have Grant Morrison doing a run on it right now. It's like there's crazy people jumping on these books all the time, and they're all different calibers of writing. So just if you don't like the book, don't pay for it <laughs> is all I have to say. Yeah, it's it's so strange. Yeah. I, 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 I've been lucky in my recent comic book reading because the characters I love have been phenomenal. So maybe it's hard for me to relate, but I mean, I don't think pe- there's many people more passionate than me and you about comic books. Yeah, I mean, we're still I mean, talking about it, dude. I hate, I hated the last eight issues of Batman. Batman's still on my poll list, and I try to find the things that I like about Batman. Still, it's like yeah. the fact that they're still making a Batman comic in 2019 from a book that started off in the 1940s is like is amazing in itself to me. So, where are you going to find a novel today that, I mean? that it's still being printed with new stories you won't. Yeah. So yeah, just chill. Yeah. Just, chill. just relax. Especially everybody. Like there's four or five of them in the universe right now. Like just because one <laughs> did something you don't like. I... <laughs> we'll talk. About all we'll talk about good. the book at the end of the show. This is, this is the chill cast. We're, we're all about, we like to bring up these issues only because it's like, just chill and go read another comic. If you want, hey, if you feel like personally attacking one of these writers, email Chris or I, and we will gladly redirect you to another book that you would probably enjoy a lot more than the one you're reading today. That's all we can do. We can, hey, if you don't want to spend your $4 over here, you can spend it $4 over here, or just follow the writer that was previously on that book. Go to another book that he's writing on. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. speaking of reading comics, we did a lot of that this week. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to jump in and talk about uh, what I caught up on. Like I said, I've been ro- I've been reading Volume Two right now. I, I just bought a bunch of trades because there's a sale going on of uh, 
uh, uh, Killer Be Killed by um, Ed Brubaker. Awesome book. Um, it's really wor- real. Wor- it's really real. It's real world stuff. Uh, and it's it's crime noir. The guy becomes like a serial killer, but he feels justified because it's like a vigilante and he needs to kill people to stay alive almost. So that's it's a pretty cool book. Um, there's no capes or anything like that. Uh, caught up on The Prodigy, which everybody knows is a show coming to Netflix because Netflix purchased the Mark Millar world. And uh, I caught up in issue four. The fifth issue comes out next month, and it's the last and final of the miniseries with Mark Miller. Uh, it's a great, it's a great fourth issue. The fifth issue is going to wrap everything up, but uh, basically the premise of the story is almost like um, you know the Limitless movie or show where the guy takes the pill and he knows everything. Yeah. Um, this guy already does. I mean, he's just a he's a prodigy, and he has he almost has like that mind palace from the Sherlock Holmes show with Benedict Cumberpatch, Cumberpatch, Cumberbatch, um, where he had. Yeah, come on, biatch. But he has a, uh, um, he has a bunch of people working in his mind at once. Well, he we come to find out, even though he is like a genius, he does have a weakness, and he has a weakness when he takes someone under his wing, like an apprentice. He he finds interest in like fixing people, like people with addictions, people with issues. He'll like take them under his wing as like an assistant, and then he he makes them a better person. Um. But that is that's that's his only weakness is like he wants to better someone, so he kind of kind of like takes a liking to someone he's training, like an apprentice. And during all their adventures, they're going to like Aztec temples, old ancient relics, um, and they're finding out that this alternate universe has left like clues along the way throughout time, uh, through like different ancient civilizations of how to find this alternate universe. Well, the only reason this alternate universe wants to kind of or parallel universe wants to come over to our earth is because they've expended all their resources. They, they used up their planet. They're, they're a little more industrial than we were and kind of move things along more quickly than we did. And they used up all the resources. So now they're like, okay, well now we need to go to this other earth and use their resources. So this cult that has been worshiping them is like, okay, well, we don't know how to get you guys over here. So we're going to trick this prodigy dude into figuring it out all for us. And they kind of like, and the fourth issue, they're like, okay, well, this apprentice that you took under your wing, she actually works for us. Ha ha. So now we know how to, you know, bring all these people over to this earth. So now you're screwed. And that's kind of how the issue ends. Um, it's a great Mark Miller book. I mean, you know, how he, the third, fourth issue in a miniseries, he wraps it up with a twist. Just classic stuff that he's doing. Um, yeah. Uh, Dial H for Hero number two came out this week. Did you read that? No. Oh, dude. This is the, like I said, this is the Dial H book that I wanted when it came out with the new 52. Um, we got two new heroes this issue. Remember how I told you, like, it was like Baldo's Man or something in the first issue? The and, truck dude? Yeah, the monster truck dude. So it's, it's funny because, like, I thought of you when I was reading the book because every time someone turns into a hero, it, like, does, like, the origin story where it completely changes the art and everything. Um, so because we got two heroes in this book, like when he changes in the second one, they're like, we don't have time for an origin. So it kind of like slashes the page in half and it like stops the art from happening. <laughs> it's like, we don't have time to do the origin of this one. It was pretty funny. I was like, ah, Chris would enjoy that. Um, but in this issue is pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty key in the story because you find out that 
this this kid has not been the only one to hold the mantle of the dial H phone. There's other people that have, and they're all being like manipulated to steal it back. So while he's holding onto the phone, they're hanging out in a diner. This guy grabs hold of it and he calls and turns into a hero because like once you hold the mantle, you you never want to give it back up. Like you always have this almost like a addiction to come back and try to grab hold of the phone. So the guy, um, the stranger that grabs it, he dials it and he like instantly becomes if if I had to describe it, it's like it's basically Kid Goku from the original Dragon Ball series. And it's awesome. The art is the art is like copy paste original Dragon Ball and like it's so funny because he's like uh um the the other guy gets a hold of the phone, the the main character, the kid, and he transforms into like an anime robot uh characters. So they're like fighting each other, but their art styles are completely different. Oh, it's such a great issue. And you get a little more depth to what's going on in the style age uh phone. Yeah, it was so good. Interesting. Yeah. Um Venom came out this week. I didn't read Venom because it wasn't it was part of War of the Realms, right? So you want to talk about that? Because I, I they they had this like big like uh, this big thing in the front page like if you haven't read, you know, War of the Realms, you're going to be very confused. And all I remember you saying is like if you don't know your shit, don't read War of the Realms. So I kind of avoided that book this week. Um, yeah, it's it is based in War of the Realms. Basically, all you need to know about War of the Realms is that Malkith has an army from all the other realms and they're invading mm-hmm. earth. Oh, okay. If you know that much, you can get through the book. So we get this witch who gives Eddie, um, this stone that is able to give him whatever he wants. And what he wants is venom back. Mm-hmm. So he gets venom. He gets a brand new costume. It's interesting. Um, I still just, I like the classic venom that we've been getting throughout the series. And, he uses that to, you know, start to fight off some of the uh, elves and monsters that are in New York City to uh, protect his son. And that's the basis of the book, basically. Um, I'm trying to remember how it ended because I read a ton of comics this week. But, oh yeah, so we get, we get a hint at a classic uh, Venom villain, and this witch also helps him out. But the witch basically was helping him out because she's like, I can manipulate you with it. And when he gets it, he's just like, no, fuck you. And he slashes her and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting book. Um, Colin Bunn wrote it instead of Donny Cates. So mm-hmm. it reads a little bit different. But it fits right into the mythos that Donny Cates was doing and just takes kind of a sidetrack during War of the Realms. Uh, as far as crossover books into a big event it's not too bad in terms of keeping up with it if you're reading venom i don't think you're gonna be too confused like i said just realize that war of the realms a bunch of mythical thor like creatures have been invading new york mm-hmm. and you're in um i read a couple marvel books this week as well i read uh thanos number one by teeny howard as do and, um yeah, so I, I I tried this book out just because it's the it's the new writer coming off of Donny Cates run, and I did read it just because of Donny Cates. Uh, Teeny Howard comes off with a strong first issue, I think. Um, if you're a Thanos fan, I think you'll like it. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but I enjoyed it. Um, it talks about Thanos' crew, right? Yeah. And 
I'll let you talk about it a little more because if something's happening deeper with the Marvel lore, I don't really know. Uh, not really. As someone who reads pretty much everything Thanos, uh, mm-hmm. it's Gamora telling the story of Thanos as she enters the story. So it's basically kind of her origin. But we get a little backstory of what Thanos was doing around that time, um, why he was doing it, because his uh, what he was doing isn't the same as the movies. Like His goal wasn't to you know, snap out half of existence to balance the scales. Thanos mm-hmm. is a sadistic murderer. <laughs> like, right. And uh, so I thought they did a good job of setting that up and then her telling the story of how he gets to her planet and then her being brought in. I really liked it as a longtime Thanos fan, uh, but it definitely the story I feel moving forward is going to center more around him and Gamora and their relationship. Mm-hmm. I read another Marvel book this week. Um, Damn. Avengers Edge of Infinity. I did not know that. It had a picture of MODOK on the front. What do you mean? You haven't read it yet? If I remember correctly, those are reprints. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, though. Well, I've never... I've never... Uh, I've never read it. It's... Um, it's Modoc's scheme reaches its endgame. I don't know. Basically, Modoc. I've never read a book with Modoc, so I figured I'd read this one because it's number one ahead of him on the cover. Uh, basically, he has this plan to like pull the moon closer to Earth or something like that. And the Avengers come in and they stop it. That's that's all I really have for you. I don't, I don't know much other than that. There's other characters involved that I don't recognize, but it's mostly. I mean, the Avenger, the Avenger crew is like Iron Man. Um, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Captain America, and they basically Modok has this like his this, like mobile suit that he uh, wears, like he attaches his body to the head of it, kind of like kind of like a Lex Luthor like robot suit, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, I read Sharky the Bounty Hunter this week. I I, I read a quite a few comics. Sharky the Bounty Hunter number three. Um, uh, just to recap, a Sharky is trying to find this really expensive bounty. He has his kid that tagged along with him because he killed the parents. Uh, Sharky gets captured with his ex-wife. And lo and behold, the kid that is tagging along with him comes from a family of uh, thieves and um, hackers. So he can break in and save Sharky. So um, this issue kind of proves that the young child that is traveling with him is probably of use to him. So maybe he doesn't want to drop him off as soon as he thought. Um, and yeah, besides hero in crisis, I think that's the, uh, that's the last of my books this week. So to clarify, I just looked it up. Those weren't reprints. That is an original story. Oh, well, you gotta read it. It's got Modoc right in the cover. Yeah. So now I got to pick it up. Damn. I thought it was I'm funny too, that the covers edge of infinity uh-huh. And it says in the description, Modoc reaches his end game. So you get an yeah. Avengers book out the day of end game that yeah. says infinity and end game in it. Right. Um, they're, they're, they're definitely playing on that. So I got quite a few more. So I read, uh, I caught up on Batman Beyond. Um, Batman Beyond has been hitting this uh, stride with Joker mm-hmm. and trying to really attack the idea of where Robin 
fits in the Batman mythos and if he's necessary. And what's great about this is that Dick Grayson's also in the book now. And he has his own opinions of it. And then Bruce has his opinions. And I thought they did a really good job with that. That's been a fantastic book. Um, caught up on Justice League. Everything you've been saying. That book's awesome. Yeah. Um, I got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is the comic book based on a theme park based on a movie. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so this story... This story is all about this uh, this guy who lives in Galaxy's Edge, and he's uh, basically a job of the hut kind of character, like a mobster. And oh. he's, a, he's a guy that can procure anything. And we get this idea because he has a baby Sarlacc. And this is kind of him telling the story of how he got that Sarlacc. And of course, Han Solo is the one that got it for him. Of course. So you get a Han Solo story in there, and then it ends in a way that... I think Han was the way to suck you into the book, but there is a deeper story that's going to be told. And uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, but I'm a sucker for Star Wars, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess. You'll read a, you'll read a Star Wars book about the trash shoot. I will. I really <laughs> will. Um, the Realm, number 13. Um, the book's just fantastic. It's mm-hmm. We're at a place where they're in this house that the guy who runs it, he's a smuggler and he's able to find all these things. And so the crew kind of stocks up and then they sit around, try to figure out where they're actually going because the guy who's taking all these people to Kansas city, he's one of those guys that he just, I'll get you from point A to point B. And I don't ask too many questions. Well, things have gotten a little out of control. So he's got to start asking questions and basically we're, Heading there because there's still a science facility that's trying to figure out what happened to get all these dragons and orcs and everything to come to our dimension. Uh, like I said, the book's fantastic. If you haven't checked it out already, check it out. Uh, redneck number 19. I feel like we haven't had a redneck in a while, speaking yeah. of Andy Cates. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is just dealing with the aftermath of the wedding. So I, I really enjoyed it. We end up getting to a... Uh, a mythical land that's uh, only the undead can go to. Oh, wow. And it was just a really good, really good story to kind of set up where we're moving to. Um, Action Comics 1010. Leviathan is rising. And we're trying to figure out what's going on with Leviathan. Oh, no. So... There's all these different theories of who Leviathan is at this point, and nobody quite knows. Um, Clark and Lois are undercover. They try to get in with a spiral agent to figure out what's going on. And the long and short of it is this was kind of a filler issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they get to this point where they meet with a spiral agent. They talk about it. We figure out who this guy who's... Um, I don't remember his name. I've never seen him before, but apparently he has some history in DC. But he's basically a walking skeleton. Um, and the thing that attacked Spiral to begin with attacks Superman, and Superman takes care of it. And now he's he's going on a rampage. He's like, I need to figure out what's going on with this Leviathan, who it is. So it was an interesting issue, not the best, but. 
I'm still I enjoy where they're going. I just I'm at the point where I kind of like get to the point and let's move forward with the story instead of kind of dragging it along as this mystery that I'm not that intrigued by. Um, buh, 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 buh. and then Freedom Fighters number five. Oh yeah, I read that too. What? Oh, awesome. I love Freedom Fighters so much. Uh, yeah. Uncle Sam is Read back. The Spirit of 76 is back. The Freedom Fighters are now whole. Um, Uncle Sam calls out Adolf Hitler. We finally, <laughs> yeah. even though I, I kind of knew who it was, we finally get the reveal of who Overman is. Yep. And he's probably going to be unleashed. Yep. It's a German Nazi. It's a Nazi Superman. Yeah. I can't wait. And we noticed that like the only thing you really know is, I mean, Overman and the fact that uh, um, Uncle Sam's back, but he's not to full strength yet, which I think it's going to be some like spirit, spirit ball kind of powers where he needs, he needs the whole faith of all of humanity or something to like reignite his willpower. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think because what brought him back was them kind of reigniting the hope of freedom and the American yeah. spirit. And I think right. as more as that message gets around, he gets more powerful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's where we're gonna get to. But I, they're obviously setting up the big fight between Uncle Sam Overman, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, <laughs> make this a movie, dude. Like, ah, uh, it's it's so I it's it, it's just so epic and iconic and. The art is amazing. It's just, this might be the book of the year for me, man. It's so good. Yeah, um, I'm at that point, too. Yeah, so I think we're ready to talk about Heroes of Crisis. Well, let's do the outro. So, Mike, yep. where people find you on the internet? Find me at Fortress Ricker. Where can they find you and or the show? Why, they can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter or the show FCN underscore official on Twitter. And FortressComedyNews.com, where everything we do is right there on that handy-dandy <laughs> website. Remember, people, you're watching us. Thumbs up down below. Subscribe to the channel. All that fun stuff. If you're listening to our sultry voices, to give us a five-star review on iTunes or any other podcatcher that you use. And if you want to go the extra step, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash News. So for everybody that's not sticking around for Heroes in Crisis spoilers, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Uh, all right, Heroes in Crisis number eight. Let's do it. Uh, Tom King pissed a lot of people off. Like we talked about the death threats. So we get the reveal who kills everybody. It's Wally West. Um, yeah, I know. I, like I, like I said, we get more and more confused every issue. Um, I guess, I guess this kind of made sense. Like Wally, what he feels powerless, right? And he, even with all this power, he feels powerless is kind of how it is. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a hero complex. Um, which it, I think it's it's Tom King's trying to highlight the fact that like even those like the Flash, I mean all the Flashes themselves are are always they're labeled like overpowered or so because of the Speed Force can do anything, but he doesn't feel like he can do anything. And um, out of like a fit of rage and emotion, he kind of he goes ah that he says that the Speed Force has a mind of its own and the Speed Force kills everyone. Um, at Sanctuary. And in the midst of killing everyone at Sanctuary, he uh, he creates images of like um, 
Harley Quinn sees Booster Gold do it, and Booster Gold sees Harley Quinn, so that's why they're kind of, like, at each other's throats. Um, that's kind of, like, a lot of... I feel like it's a lot of hand-waving of him explaining that. Yeah. Uh, which, I I guess... It was just a super complicated plan. And then his, his, his big plan was to, what, go back? Or, yeah, to go back in time and kill himself? Right? Or stop himself, I guess? Or forward in time? So he was giving himself five days to clean it up. I'm right. waving in front of the camera. And, uh, yeah, so basically he went forward in the future to kill himself. And then he just had to wait that five days. And while he was kind of cleaning up his mess and putting all his affairs in order, he knew he, that he was going to come to kill him. Yeah, the whole issue was him explaining his reasoning for this. It was kind of his confession tape. Uh-huh. Um, I see what Tom King's going for, and it's that not only is it a PTSD thing, yeah. it's also the fact that people with PTSD need to have somebody around for them to, to give them support. And that's mm-hmm. Wally had lost everything. His yeah, wife, yeah, his support. family... And everybody was looking to him, and he was dealing with these issues, and he just had nobody to, to talk to or lean on for it. Yeah. That said, I wasn't too thrilled about him being the killer. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's the general consensus. I think it was just we had such high hopes for this. And, and the way they painted the book coming out of the gates was like a whodunit story, right? That was the only concerning thing to me. It was like, oh, man, we had so much fun trying to guess along the way. And the only reason, like, like, if I was, like, playing a game of Clue, like, Wally West wasn't even an option because, like, he was dead already. Or they, like, they gave us no clues leading up to the point that, like, there was nothing, there's nothing in those seven issues where I was like, aha, that all this makes sense reading up to this point. You know what I mean? It was just, like, a complete confusion up until issue eight. The only thing looking back is him talking about um, Booster talking about Wally's body being right displaced in time. That but was the only like, clue yeah. I can think of. Right. And I'm as not, far as like, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so I'm sure somebody else has found other clues along the way. But I, I just I wish they they either put more hints along the way or went a different direction. That being said, I, I understand what Tom King was going for. Yeah. I think we still have another issue of this, too, don't we? Yeah, there's one more issue, I believe. So that's got to be the yeah. backlash issue, like what everyone thinks. Yeah, it's all just a dream. Tom King's rewriting it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll just wait a couple more years for when Jeff Johns comes in and fixes the continuity again. Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, like this is going to... Who was it that... Uh, who was the murder in Identity Crisis? Was it the Atom? An identity crisis? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was was a Green Arrow. It's been so long since I read that book. But oh no, they well they um it was Doctor Light. Oh. Okay. And then they and then they murdered Doctor Light. But that that was the thing was like the oh that's right something the heroes murdered the murderer almost so it was like a it was a big deal. Okay, so I I got that wrong in my head. But that being said, like yeah, Wally West will be. Wally West Prime will be back. 
and I'm sure this will be retconned or or they'll just be like, don't you murder people again, Wally. Yeah. <laughs> don't go, don't yeah. Do it. We'll give you a pass this time, but. <laughs> the next murdering spree, we're really going to put you down. But it wasn't me, guys. It was the Speed Force. God damn it. All right, everyone. We'll see you, we'll see you next week. Says. Yep. Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> <laughs>